Welcome back to episode two of the Sources Say podcast, a brand new addition to the growing KSR podcast network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, and I am happy to be joined once again by two of the best up-and-coming recruiting insiders in the game, Jake Weingarten of StockRisers.com and Travis Graff of Cats Illustrated. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. A little tired, but... Doing good, man. Doing good. The only thing is wedding this Sunday. The wedding anxiousness is creeping in. Oh, slowly. is it? Is it? Is it? You, are, are you excited at least? Oh, yeah. I'm excited, but I'm also stressed to the max. So, so you, you made time with our fans for a podcast before the, literally three or four days before your wedding. That's that's Part dedication. That's that's dedication, man. We appreciate we we appreciate it, and we thank you both for joining us once again with the Source of Say podcast. We've got another jam-packed show this week, um, but before we get into all of that, um, I just want to start the show by saying we are still looking for one or two weekly sponsors, and would love to discuss your product right here on the show moving forward. If you think this is something you might be interested in, feel free to DM me on Twitter at Jack Pilgrim, or you can find me via email at jpilgrim at kentuckysportsradio.com. That is at Jack Pilgrim KSR on Twitter and jpilgrim at kentuckysportsradio.com. All right, now let's jump back into the good stuff. Uh, if you will remember last week, we actually had to jump on back uh, after we were already editing the show to add in another entire segment once 2025 star point guard Dacian Nix shocked the world by announcing his very abrupt college decision less than 24 hours after cutting his list to five. Um, now with, with Nix failing to receive an offer from Kentucky and him opting for UCLA, we kind of talked a little bit about how this, this means that the UK coaching staff is set to go all in on Josh Christopher and Jalen Green to round out their backcourt with BJ Boston. Um, and then in the days since then, we've actually gotten a little bit of traction on on some news with both of those prospects. Um, Jalen Green being the first. Um, we we talked last week about Green's potential as a superstar talent in the NBA. Six foot six, 180 pounds, 38 inch vertical, one of the best athletes in the nation. Uh, there's no denying his talent. Um, you know, he's an instant impact player at the next level. You know, really, the only question we have right now is where he will be going to college. Um, literally the night after we recorded our very first podcast, I talked to Green's father um, on, in, via text message and uh, talked about his visit plans. And he said that they are currently in, um, in contact with the Kentucky coaching staff about a few weekends they have in mind for his official visit to Lexington. Um, the one weekend that stood out for their camp uh, in particular was uh, Big Blue Madness. The, um, I believe it's October 11th through the 13th. Um, I'm, not, I'm told that it's, it's not a done deal. They still have to you know, make sure that works with the coaching staff and, and you know, make sure the logistics work. But that is where they are currently leaning. Um, you know, we'll just kind of start by you know, just asking, wh what do you guys think of the timing of that trip? It's a, is it a good idea to, to you know, use an official visit for Big Blue Madness with a bunch of other recruits there. Uh, just kind of where, where are you guys thinking on that? I think this is pointing out just how Kentucky wanted. <clears throat> the, uh, I talked to somebody else outside of his father, like you mentioned, about the visit, and he said it would be a solo official visit without Josh and named Big Blue Madness. And I think getting – but with Josh being an unofficial visitor that weekend as well, I think that's going to let them share that vibe but also let Jalen get that intimate one-on-one -on -one time with the coaches. Yeah. Uh, Jake, what, do you have any in, input on that or insight on that or you know, just, just what you think about the timing of that? Oh, I, I agree with Travis completely. Um, <clears throat> I think that giving Jalen more time with the coaches and then Josh will have his own time separately for that Georgia game or whenever that is, um, I think that's, that's a perfect situation. And I think Jalen could even – possibly commit after that visit you know maybe some situation like that and you you guys will touch upon that but I think that that's a perfect situation and I think that's exactly how they wanted it so obviously Kentucky is kind of the um, 
one of the big name schools with him, Memphis being the other. And then there was some overseas buzz there for a little while. And actually, as we were talking on the show that, you know, last last week, we kind of figured that that was not the case. Those close to him still believe that he is going to go to college. And we continue to hear that Um, with Kentucky having an official visit, not necessarily locked up, but all but locked up. How many do you think he will end up taking, and where do you think those trips will be to? I think he'll only take two, if not only the Kentucky visit, and I think the only other one he would probably take is that Memphis visit because Mm -hmm. there is still some Memphis buzz, and I'm still hearing some Memphis buzz. But I think if, if all isn't done after that Kentucky visit, which, like you said, isn't locked yet, I think Memphis could definitely get a visit there. Travis, what do you think about that? I'm going to side with Jake on this one. Uh, I think it will only be <clears throat> Kentucky and Memphis and possibly only Kentucky because, like somebody in his camp told me, I may have mentioned it on the last episode, The uh, they mentioned that there's a high possibility that he doesn't wait until uh, Christmas to announce and could pop right after the visit. You know, there was – there. You know, he he doesn't really have an official list right now, but there was a little bit of Oregon buzz there for a while, you know, staying on the West Coast. But, you know, outside of that, there really isn't any other buzz with any other schools with him. I mean, it's, it's literally been Kentucky, I've, Memphis. I've heard, like, last month I heard for, like, a little bit that there was some Alabama buzz and that he wanted to take a visit to Alabama at some point in September – but that kind of slowed down because I know Namari Burnett's taking one there. Um, and Jalen kind of liked the idea of visiting Alabama. He has a good relationship with Nate Oates. But that kind of quieted down once the Josh Christopher UK stuff heated up and then Memphis stayed involved. But I heard Alabama last month. That hasn't gained any traction since. But that was the last school out of the main two in Memphis and UK that I heard. But that was, that was last month and haven't heard about it since. So he – he set this set this official decision date for December 25th and i mean there were he kind of his timeline of events has kind of been really interesting because every time you talk to him at at you know just random EYBL events or you know i think back at the Atlanta EYBL event he said i am not even remotely focused on recruiting this is i mean it's just something that i'm i'm wanting to push back as much as possible you know he didn't even want to answer questions about his recruiting and then you know, once once Peach Jam came along, he was definitely more open to talking about it. But he even still said, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait as long as I can before making a decision. And then it just, you know, this Kentucky buzz kind of came with Josh Christopher. The Memphis buzz kind of kept going. And it just seemed like before we knew it, he sets an official decision date for December 25th. And that was that. I mean, it, that was earlier than most people expected. And now the buzz kind of seems that he's not even going to get to that point. I mean, he that, that overseas buzz kind of pushed that, you know, pushed that mindset. I know there was a report last week that he was going to actually decide whether he was going to play his senior year um, overseas or go back to, um, you know, stay, stay in California for high school for one more year. Um, but, you know, now there's there's kind of this buzz that he's going to take his visits. He's he's going to figure out what he wants, and he's going to pop right after that. Um, so it, I I'm not necessarily sure you know if he'll get to that point, but um, there there definitely is a lot of buzz right now that he's he is going to wait um, or that he is going to to just kind of once he realizes what he wants, he's going to you know visit a couple schools, probably just Kent, Kentucky and Memphis, and he's going to make that decision from there. Um, I know there was a, um, a a crystal ball pick that just somebody just put in for in, in favor of Memphis recently. Um, do you guys feel like that's I, – I don't even remember off the top of my head who that was from. Uh, looks like it was Chad Likens of the Devil's Den, um, Duke affiliate. Do, you know, do you, do you guys think there's anything – to that specific crystal ball pick and the timing of it? I think that that's pretty much just piggybacking off of Kentucky getting an influx of crystal balls for Terrence Clark. That's my two cents on that. Yeah, Jake, do you think? I def- Yeah, I agree with that. But at the same time, like, I am still hearing Memphis buzz, but I think that crystal ball was in relation to the Terrence Clark thing. But, yeah, I side with Travis there. In terms of the overseas talk, someone in Jalen's camp texted me last night and – really firmly told me that he would not be going overseas. So and it seems like it's a Kentucky and Memphis battle now. And I could bounce off of that after the show last week 
I did get a text and a video of Jalen actually working out at Prolific Prep, and he was there with his teammates. And then Prolific Prep tweeted two hours later back in the gym, and Jalen was there, and he's back with his teammates. So it does look like he will play at Prolific Prep, but that obviously could change, and things are changing at any moment so but that's the last that I had yeah and and I, I kind of touched on it in my insider notes this past weekend and, and a little bit on the show but you know there is a as much Memphis buzz as there is I, I really just don't think that people are giving Kentucky enough credit in the constant mm-hmm. work that they're putting in and, and the assistants constantly reaching out and just you know they they have made him the number one priority in this class he knows it they know that they are going to try to build this class. You know, I, I know B.J. Boston's already committed, but they are trying to build this class around Jalen Green's talents, and I think they're. They, I think he appreciates that. I asked him at, at Peach Jam, you know, what what do you make of Joel Justice flying across the country to see you, you know, play for the FIBA USA event? And he was like, that that means the world to me. I mean, that's all love. That's that's. You don't realize how how special it is to have a you know that that family relationship with an assistant coach and, and all that and then and I know Memphis has a lot of you know the the Jalen Green's camp really really likes their relationships with um the, you know Penny Hardaway and the other Memphis coaches and all that but um I don't think it's a done deal no matter where he goes I, I think it's still right there neck and neck with with Kentucky and Memphis um I I think it's like 60-40 Kentucky right now, but, I mean, it's it's so close. Um, but just, you know, some of the Kentucky fans have been reaching out. All right, well, looks like, you know, especially after this Terrence Clark news, and we'll get on, get on that in a little bit, but, you know, especially that, they're like, all right, well, looks like Kentucky's moving on from Jalen Green and, and going, into, going in on Terrence Clark. I don't believe that. I don't buy that at all. I think – that they are just they they are just exploring, you know, every avenue possible because I mean they're I mean their options are limited at this point. They wanted to make sure that they have um, as as many you know th- as many boxes checked to to so they're not left stranded at the very end. Um, you know that that obviously goes hand in hand. Um, you know Jalen Green's situation goes hand in hand with Josh Christopher as well. Um, you know, top 10 prospect in the class of 2020. We broke down his game last week. Um, you know, quick rundown, six foot five, 205, 210 pounds, you know, just strong as an ox, athletic, one of the best scorers in the nation. Um, you know, averaged 21 points, six rebounds, five assists per game on the EYBL circuit. Um, and at Peach Jam, you know, just elite potentials on both ends of the floor. I mean, he is, he is a surefire top 10 prospect. I think he moved up to number six. I believe in 24/7's latest update, um, but he's he's you know if if any any outlets have him less than top 10, I, I think that they just haven't watched him closely enough. This is a a surefire top 10 prospect, probably even you know I'd I'd argue he's more of a top five prospect than an outside of the top 10 prospect if you know just um, you know personally, um, but he made major news this week by scheduling uh, his his official and unofficial visits. Um, and Kentucky actually managed to secure two of them. Uh, he will be in Lexington on an unofficial for Big Blue Madness, as we discussed just a little bit uh, before, and then he will follow it up with an official to Kentucky for their home game against Georgia when SEC play opens up. I know there was a little bit of speculation that maybe his father uh, misspoke um, you know, because the Georgia Tech game, it's it's actually scheduled and, and you know, it's – coming up this winter um you know that kind of gives some clarity before you know before ACC he kind of touched on wanting to you know get get this process wrapped up and make a decision before the uh in the fall signing period instead rather than wait till the spring but um now that he has a couple other visits aligned as well you know UCLA for its matchup against Arizona State on January 24th Michigan for their game against Michigan State on February 8th uh Missouri home home matchup against Florida um and then his brother Caleb being a freshman at Arizona State this year he says he will be on campus there multiple times throughout this year but the Everybody knew that those other schools were going to get visits, but the fact that Kentucky's getting two visits is major, major news. Um, what do you think of the timing of both of those trips? I like that he's coming in with Jalen, like I stated earlier. I think that really helps Kentucky and helps them really paint the picture of what it's going to be like in Lexington while they're there together. And like you said, I don't know if his dad misspoke or what, but I've always heard that he's wanted to get this done in the fall. So Georgia wouldn't be until SEC play after the new year. So that kind of – that's the only question mark about that one. 
Um, I actually was telling Travis this, and I think that it's really down to Kentucky and Arizona State right now. That's my personal opinion. I think those other visits are extremely late. And then, like you said, Arizona State will be there multiple times. So I'm sure unofficials at the beginning of the season will happen. He's been there. He took a visit there before. And then Kentucky's got two visits. And I think a decision will definitely be made before those January and February visits are scheduled. So I think it's a Kentucky-Arizona State race right now. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I, that's kind of the, the point I was going to make. You know, the timing-wise, there's a lot of, you know, kind of speculation that – just because you schedule an official visit for the spring doesn't mean you can't be a committed prospect going to that visit, you know, going on that visit as a, you know, as a committed prospect. Like he, he can take his unofficial to, to Kentucky, he thinks it go really well, he can end up committing, and then he could still choose, you know, that weekend for, um, you know, the Georgia game to, you know, use his official visit and go as a, um, you know, a committed, you know, committed player and then recruit whoever else, you know, decides to go there for, uh, for that week. He could possibly recruit them them there too um yeah i definitely think that this is a this is kentucky or arizona state um those those family ties for the other you know he's very close with sharif o'neill at ucla don't think that's going to end up you know mattering at the end missouri has his strength coach the strength coach is is his cousin again i think that's just one of those he put him on the list just out of respect um and i know he really had a there was there was even some buzz that michigan was the kind of rumored favorite there for just you know i think last week for like a day or two and then i i didn't didn't buy that at all i think i think it's 100 percent kentucky or arizona state and i think his visits reflect that i think he's going to take uh probably two to arizona state at, at various points and two to kentucky and uh we will see um who wins out at the end but i think i, I think as of right now it's it's all kentucky um you know i i, I would expect him to be in in kentucky's 2020 recruiting class before it's all said and done um you know you know, outside of Green and Christopher, you know, the general consensus was that, you know, Kentucky's options were extremely limited at the guard position. You know, I don't think – I've mentioned this in the past. Sharif Cooper is almost certainly not ending up in, in Lexington. And as of today, Cade Cunningham is very, very much strongly leaning toward Oklahoma State to play with for his brother, uh, who's an assistant there. And then in comes 2021 top three guard Terrence Clark with, as you've mentioned before, an influx of – uh, Kentucky picks on both I think he got two on the crystal ball one from uh, Jerry Meyer and the other from Andrew Slater who was Andrew Slater who's who's very in the know and then over at Rivals Corey Evans put in one as well um, you know this is a six foot seven 180 pound just absolute freak athlete long wingspan just one of the p- best pure scorers in the nation regardless of class I mean he he dominates against you know he dominated against rising seniors, you know, this past summer and, and, you know, really just proved to be one of the best players in, in America, regardless of age. I mean, he's, he is just head over heels above, you know, everybody, everyone else right now um, from a, from a scoring standpoint. I mean, he averaged 17 points, six rebounds, 4.3 assists per, per game. Um, and, EYBL regular season he also added 1.1 steals per game and he's a he's a legit two-way threat um shot 34 percent from three so he's you know he's a he's a threat from deep as well um what is it that you guys like about his game in particular I think he's the most elite wing player in high school ball um has really good wiggle like really tight handle for his size um what I've heard is he wants to be coached by a guy like Cal and that it would be a perfect match and he would be the most elite wing that Cal has gotten here, in my opinion, even over Kid Gilchrist. Wow, wow, that'd be nuts. Scoring wise, at least he'd be the he'd be mm-hmm. the top. Yeah, what do you think, Jake? He's so elite on offense, and I actually got the chance. I know Dykeman Park isn't an elite competition. It's yeah. New York guys and some guys, but he completely dominated his athleticism. I mean, it's just through the roof. And the few times I've seen him play. He's just he's just a walking highlight reel. That's one of the only ways I could really describe him. He's just so fun to watch, and offensively he's so elite. Yeah, you know, high basketball IQ can score. You know, he's a, he can score at all three levels. Just super athletic. You know, like you said, highlight reel. He can you know throw down a ridiculous dunk and then you know hit chase a three. You know, blocks. yeah, chase down blocks, steal. You know, he he's just one of those guys that he is all over the floor, can do everything. Um, 
you know, as far as his recruitment is concerned, uh, I was told back at the MBPA Top 100 camp, and then again, even you know, louder, the, the buzz was even louder at Peach Jam, um, that his decision would ultimately come down to Kentucky, Memphis, Duke, and overseas to a, kind of a lesser extent. Um, and then as the time has gone on, uh, Kentucky the Kentucky buzz has grown louder and louder, and so has the overseas buzz. Um, I think Memphis and Duke, the, that buzz kind of slipped a little bit. So I think as of today, I would probably pick Kentucky and o the overseas route as being the two most prominent options for him. Um, you know, is that kind of going with what you guys are hearing as far as, the, you know, the school is concerned? Yeah, I mean, I'm hearing a lot of Kentucky. Obviously, the buzz is coming in. But I'm here. I have heard some of the overseas stuff too. But ultimately, I think Kentucky would be probably the best fit for him. And over a week or two ago, there was a lot of Memphis buzz, and it keeps changing. But he loves Memphis. He loves Mike Miller. So just like just like Jalen Green, ultimately, I think it's Kentucky, Memphis, and then that overseas chatter, depending on what happens with his class, which he'll jump into. Travis, what do you think about uh, location? I think that he'll end up either at Kentucky or overseas, like Jake said. Um, maybe some outside shot at Memphis. Um, I think that he's got a lot more work than to do in the classroom than people are making it seem. And I think it's going to be like – I think he could do it, but the question is – Will he put in the work? Yeah, and he. this is him talking about the reclassification, um, which is that's kind of the biggest storyline with him right now. Um, he kind of he's – been, he's been more open about the reclassification process than most recruits, I think. You know, I think most most of the times recruits will – you know, they'll, they'll be asked, are you are – you, deciding between reclassifying or not and they'll go eh, it's kind of something I'm thinking about I'm not really sure quite yet but um, we'll see Clark has always been a guy that has said yes it's something that I'm actively thinking about I am you know I'm going to go home talk to my talk to my f closest friends and family I'm going to talk to my you know the, the people at my school I'm going to talk to those close to my AAU program you know he's he's one of those guys that he's going to get you know as many differing opinions as he can about this reclassification process um him personally he thinks that he is good enough to play at the college level right this second you know let alone a whole other year of development for you know just pure from a pure basketball standpoint uh, i think he thinks that he can be you know he can put himself in position to reclassify and then dominate at the college level next year and be a top three draft pick next year uh, in 2021 he is that talented, and he knows that. He's not an arrogant player, but he is very well aware of how talented he is. And, uh, and in, his, in his perspective, why wait to be a top three draft pick if I can do it next year, you know, instead of waiting two more full school years? Um, so while those are his, you know, his wishes right now, it all comes down to what he can do in the classroom and the timing of all of that. Um, I was told, um, you know, from from an individual at at Brewster Academy where he where he goes to school that, as much as he wants to, and and you know, yes, he's dying to dying to do it. They just don't think it's possible from a time standpoint. They think that he is a true true junior this year. This is not a you know an 18, 19 year old kid that's you know playing back a year like we've seen with with some other uh, reclassification candidates over the last several years. This is a true junior that is basically going to try to fit two years of school in one year. And I don't know about you guys, but, you know, if as a going into your junior year, could you say, yep, I'm going to decide to put, you know, two, two years of school in, in one year and, and make it happen? It's, it, it's, it's not a, a, an, a, an easy thing to do. It's possible if you, if you go the summer route, you know, summer, act, summer school, obviously normal classes during the fall and then all winter, you know, taking winter sessions and then spring and then finishing things up in the summer. Yes, it's technically doable, but, I mean, he would have to go – I mean, he, he would have to make that his, one, almost his 100% focus at this point to make it happen. Um, do you guys think that's, that it's even possible at this point? Well, I'm sure it's possible. I'm sure that if he wanted to, he could find a way. But I know 16- and 17-year-old me would not be doing that. And like you said, it's a lot of hoops to jump through in a short amount of time. I just – I don't see it getting done. But kudos to him if he does. 
I agree. Um, but this seems like a move that he really wants to make. So I think if this is truly a move he wants to make, then he'll put in the work. But um, it it's just like Travis said, it's just so much work to do in such a small amount of time. I mean, school year is already starting. It's already late August, about to jump into September, and he still got he still has to take visits. He still has a lot of stuff he has to do, and. Like, it's definitely possible, and I think he truly wants to get it done. I could definitely see it happening, but it's about the amount of work he puts in. Could you see him being the type of kid that if he isn't able to reclassify, could would go back to high school but skip his senior year and go overseas? See, and that's kind of where I'm leaning. I, I, my, my thinking is, so the, the individual from Brewster Academy that talked to me recently said that School doesn't even start for them until September 7th. So he is not on campus right now. He is like, he said that they have not been focused on academics at all this whole summer. So he, and I mean, I'm, I'm not blaming him at all. I mean, this is a, you know, elite prospect that has been playing, you know, went to Peach Jam, has been playing in all these major events like an elite prospect should. I mean, that's, that's, you know, basketball is, is their life. And, and, you know, I don't fault him for, saying, no, sorry, I can't go play at Peach Jam because I have to to go take summer classes. I mean, I I don't fault him him at all. Um, So to answer your overseas question, you know, in his his eyes, he thinks he can play right now. And if the academic – and if he – if he kind of looks at it and sees the mountain he's going to have to climb to reclassify, it it wouldn't shock me at all if he said, you know what, I'd love to do it. I'd love to play for John Calipari or Coach K or Penny Hardaway or or whomever – but I don't think that's possible in the time that I can that that I want to get to the NBA and you know go be in the 2021 draft class. Um, so yes, it would not shock me at all if he if he opted to to go overseas and do all that. And I'm not saying that's the the top option for him, but I think it's that is a very very possible option um, with just and more of just an educated. You know, time knowing what I know about the time, the timing of the academics, and knowing what he has left to do, and and you know, there's been some back and forth about you know what his grades are like, and and you know, if he were a straight A 4.0, um, you know, I don't know, I haven't seen his specific transcript, obviously, I don't know, you know, what the, the exact grades are like, but you know, if if he's even remotely below average or whatever, you know, from a grade standpoint maybe he the, the timing just doesn't work out and and he you know I don't know I just I think that if if he can make it happen he'll he'll reclassify um but if not I would not be shocked at all if he decides to go um overseas and before going to the 2021 draft class um in other you know major reclassification news slash um you know elite 2021 players while we were actually recording our show last, you know, last week, and and as we were editing that, uh, 2021 top five forward Paolo Banchero actually announced his five official visits, and with one of those being a trip to Kentucky for Big Blue Madness. Um, we didn't get to talk about it last week, so you know, before we jump into his recruitment, let's just kind of break down who he is as a player and what we like about his game as well. Um, you know, six foot ten, two hundred thirty-five pounds, elite potential as a scorer. I mean, he is a true, you know, he is he is a a, a truly great inside-out game. I mean, he he he, he knocked down jump shots, elite you know, elite polished post moves. I mean, for his age, I mean, how polished he is. It, it's 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 wild. I'm I'm very very impressed with his game. What do you guys think about him? Um, I agree with you. His his IQ is just through the roof, and um, very talented on offense. He's he's also a really good rim protector, and I think his upside is just one of the best, regardless of class. And I think like I'm the only person that would say this. I think he does have a shot for that top spot in the class. He's just over Kaminga. I mean, I think it's possible. Like, see, like you're like you're shocked, but like, I think it's possible. Like you said, he's so polished and he's so talented. And like, even with something like strength, like he could get so much stronger. And like, his upside is just through the roof. Travis, what what do you think about his game? I think you can definitely make an argument that, in my opinion, he's the best big in high school ball. And I think you can make the argument that he's the best big. If you count this last class with Wiseman and Carey, Isaiah Stewart, he's super polished, can score in a variety of ways. I think he is 
I'm with Jake on this one. I think you could make a push for the number one player. I'm really impressed with it. And, him. I mean, this – I am a huge Kaminga fan. I love Kaminga. In fact, you know, I, I was – there was one game at Peach Jam. I was straddling both. Um, you know, there's a divider between two courts, and I was watching them both at the same time. And I'm sitting there going, man, I don't know who I like more. Because, I mean, they are both – you know, they're, they're so different, but – you know, they're both extremely polished. Kaminga has not been playing basketball for a very long time, and for how polished he is and how just naturally gifted he is from, you know, from a scoring standpoint and pure athleticism, pure strength, he's strong. I mean, he's, he is a very, very talented player, very deserving of the number one overall spot. Um, but, man, and, I mean, Terrence Clark, you have to factor him in, too. I mean, that's, that, he's a pure scorer. He's probably the best pure scorer in that class as well. Class is loaded. I mean, that top to bottom, it's loaded. But there's also reclassification rumors with all three of those guys. Um, so, by the end of it, who knows, you know, who, who knows will be the, who will be the number one player. All I know is that this Banchero kid, he's a stud. Mm-hmm. Um, wherever he goes, he's going, to be, uh, he, he's going to be a superstar at the college level, and he's – absolutely going to be a, a, a game changer at the NBA level as well. I mean, I'm, I am very, very high. I, in fact, I saw at the NBPA Top 100 camp, he was actually teamed up with Jalen Johnson and McCurr Maker, and he outplayed them both by a significant margin. He, 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 he actually won MVP honors at that camp. Um, in fact, I was there watching, you know, at the time Johnson had not committed to Duke. Um, but McCurmaker was also a, a prominent, you know, top five recruit. Kentucky had, had reached out and been significantly interested in him. So I was there watching those two for just 2020, 2020 purposes. And every single every, – it seemed like every single time down the floor, my eye always went straight to Paolo. I mean, he is a true, you know, both ends of the floor. He is going to be a star. Um, just, you know, I'm a I'm huge, huge fan of his game. Um, I'm – very interested to see how this next year plays out for him um, because there has been a lot of reclassification talk. Um, he even admitted to, I think it was a US, USA Today post, that he is strongly considering it. Um, but our very own Jake Weingarten actually broke some pretty prominent news about him. What was that news, Jake? Um, regarding his reclassification, he said that he wants to stay in 2021, but that could obviously change. And he also he also added – another visit. He had a Gonzaga unofficial visit. He already had an official plan for January, but just scheduled one for September 7th and 8th, which is coming soon. But that's pretty significant to add that little unofficial visit in there. I don't know if that's in relation to a possible reclass. I mean, he's changed his mind about reclassification several times. Um, At one point, he told me that multiple schools wanted him for 2020. Duke wanted him for 2020 to pair with Jalen and there were just there's so many rumors and then he came back to me last week or two weeks ago and said he wants to stay in 2021 you know all the events he wants to play in and he thinks he could possibly be the top guy and there's just so many factors but like I said earlier in the show with something else like anything could change at any time so that's and that's kind of where where I am at currently I as much as he says that he wants to stay in 2020, as much as he thinks he could, or 2021 rather, uh, as much as he th- knows he could push for that number one spot, and you know, I, I, he always tweets about always rising, always rising. I want to, you know, I he, I mean, I think he, there is that push for him that he wants to be, you know, kind of have that status as the number one overall prospect. And if Kaminga reclassifies to 2020 and goes to Duke, like there's a lot of buzz right now. I'd make a strong argument that that he is that number one guy, but at the very same, you know, at the, at the same time, when you're that talented and you're already better than two top five players in McCurr Maker and Jalen Johnson, I mean, just just being totally honest, I, I thought I thought there was a a significant difference between you know the two of them and and what Banchero brought to the table. I think he is a better player right now, and if you're that good you know you can be a difference maker right now. Um, according to all reports, he's great academically. He's, he's in great position to, um, you know, that he could, unlike Terrence Clark, where they, they, there is some speculation about uh, whether he'd be able to get that done, there is a lot of positive buzz that Banchero would be able to get it done and would not have to stress out too much about making it happen. Um, it, I think he's just enjoying the process right now. He's going to take his visits. But you're telling me that when he gets to Lexington, 
and John Calipari says, we want you to be our premier big man next year, he's going to so he's going to say, oh, I'd rather play in the McDonald's All-American game. You know, he, you know, and maybe he does. Maybe I don't, you know, I don't know his personal priorities. You've talked to him more than I have, but mm-hmm. just from an, just from my perspective, seeing him play and, and then talking to him afterward and seeing, you know, he, he said, oh, the first time John Calipari called me, it was surreal. It was a surreal, surreal moment. Um, you know, he, he's just in love with, you know, just the, the, he has so much respect for John Calipari and Coach K and all those guys. And when they really get him, in, you know, when they get him in on an official visit and be able to talk to him and, and show him film and say, this is how we're going to incorporate you into the offense. Just my personal opinion. I think something's going to click with him and he goes, yeah, I'm ready. Sign me up right now. Let's make it happen. That's that's my personal gut. Travis, do you have any insight on that or do you have a uh, an opinion either way on that? I agree with your stance about him agreeing that he's ready whenever he sees film, but I don't, I don't think it'll be Kentucky. I think it'll be somewhere else, but I'm going to reference my 16, 17-year-old self again. <laughs> if I find – shortcut to millions of dollars i'm taking that over any <laughs> eybl event any all-american game it's it's a no-brainer to me um i really take it with a grain of salt when kids say that they're not going to reclassify if they're as good as Palo is yeah and and that's kind of what it's going to boil down to you know he very well might maybe his priorities are, are elsewhere and you know like i said he's a very bright kid maybe he's you know he, he's obviously confident in his abilities maybe he doesn't care when he gets to the NBA level you know every kid wants to play in the NBA but maybe he's like screw it I want to be a kid I want to you know I want to go to prom I want to you know spend one more year in high school and be with all my friends back at home and a very significant aspect of it all is will he even be staying home at college because you know maybe maybe he goes you know maybe if he is staying home and and playing at Memphis or playing at Washington because that is the uh, has been the buzz for years with him now is that he'll end up staying um, staying at home and and if that's the case you know maybe he reclassifies and says well you can come see me and see me in college I'm, I'm staying home it's not like it's that big of a deal but maybe he wants one more year before you know if, if he's very serious about you know going to one of the other big schools and and you know leaving leaving the state maybe that that's something that he'll have to think about more so we'll see about that um but as we just kind of touched on a little bit with his recruitment, um, I did hear something over the last week that made me think that him leaving the state of Washington is way more of a possibility mm-hmm. than most people have given, have given him credit for. Mm-hmm. I always kind of, you know, interviewing him at, you know, all these, you know, Peach Jam, NBA Top 100 camp, you know, stuff like that. I've always kind of taken everything that he said with a grain of salt because there has been so much buzz with him staying home and going to Washington. Uh, I mean, his mother and father both played sports at Washington. You know, there's, there are a ton of, a ton of ties to, to him staying at home. Um, he has said that he is very much open to staying at home and playing at Washington. So I've, I've always just kind of assumed that that was going to happen. And then I did hear over this last week that, this is something he is very, very much strongly considering. No matter what class he's 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 going to, he is very, very serious about. Um, you know, he might end up staying in Washington, but he's going to take this process. You know, all the way through, he is going to you know take every visit every visit that he takes seriously. Um, you know, he's not. It's not. There have been a lot of kids that have been West Coast kids that have taken visits elsewhere, knowing full well that they're going to stay home or go, you know, knowing where they're going to land. I think this is a kid that is very open-minded about where he's going to end up at school, and he is absolutely willing to leave the state of Washington and go elsewhere. Is that kind of where what you guys are hearing as well? All right, I have two questions for you all following that up. You were talking about strong buzz that he wouldn't be playing for Washington. Would you compare that to him saying, like, him saying that to Cade Cunningham, saying he's not gonna, he's not a lock for Oklahoma State. That's question one. And still, I would say the safe, mo- the safe bet is to put money on Washington for where he would land up. But outside of that, if he went somewhere outside of the state of Washington, where you think he would end up, my money is on Tennessee. But Ooh. after what, after what uh, Jake said, Washington. I mean, uh, Gonzaga seems like a possible suitor too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. In fact, you know wh- where he goes, you know, out outside of Washington. I mean, that's that is, uh, um, you know, that, that's definitely up in the air. And like I said, he is very open-minded and all that. I do get the feel that he's going to go to one of the blue blood schools because 
Um, you know, he, every time I've talked to him, I talked to him after he received offers from both Duke and Kentucky, and both of those schools always stood out. And then North Carolina came in as, as well, and, and he, you know, he talks so highly of those programs, and, you know, just he has so much respect for just the, the history and, and what goes into being a Kentucky basketball player, a Duke basketball player, a North Carolina player, and, and I think that is something that uh, he is definitely going to consider. That's probably where I would lean, um, probably Duke or Kentucky right now. I think that's kind of um, that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. But uh, you know, who knows? What do you think, Jake? I I'm gonna go back to what Travis said. I'm thinking if he leaves Washington, which I think that he's going to. I've been saying this for a while that he's not a lock, and they don't even have, obviously he's visited there before, or he's close and he has the ties, but. I think Gonzaga or Tennessee, he would be the guy. At a school like Duke, you're going to end up with, like, Jalen Johnson and Jeremy Roach is there, and you're, you got all these stars around you, and that's another likely situation at Kentucky. I don't know about UNC, but at Gonzaga Tennessee, he's going to be the guy. And then Gonzaga has guys like Julian Strother and Dom Harris who are committed. They're not big names, but they're top 50 guys that are really talented and mesh with a guy like Paolo, and that's for 2020. But – at Gonzaga or Tennessee, he's going to be the guy. And those are two likely spots. And Gonzaga now just got a, another unofficial visit randomly for September 7th, 8th. And there's no no reason for it besides maybe asking for a potential reclass. But so, you know, kind of just play devil's advocate here. If you're wanting to be the guy, why leave the state? Why why leave your family ties in Washington and and all that where you will be the guy? Where you know they're not going to sign a better better player than Paolo in that class. He is going to be the premier player in that class. Why leave your friends and family if you're going to go play at Gonzaga? I mean, you know, all respect to them. You know, I'm, this this is not you know slander in the slightest, or you know, even Tennessee that you know they they have earned a ton of respect over the last several years. Mm-hmm. But if you are a consensus top three pushing for number one player in the player in the country why why leave the state with when you have so many ties to you know go to another smaller ish school when you have opportunities to go to any blue blood you want to go to that's kind of my that's kind of my thing mm-hmm. well I mean you just got to see what what the other schools have to offer what is I mean nothing against Washington like you said but what are the what do they have to offer I mean they're playing in the pac 12 who that talent, that that conference hasn't been that good the past few years, and but I mean, if you do want to talk positives regarding Washington, they do got Isaiah Stewart, who I think is probably one of the best freshmen in the country, mm-hmm. and I think he's a one and done. And then you got Jaden McDaniel's, who is also who was rated as a five star at end high we school. We don't we don't we don't talk about yeah, that name yeah, around yeah. here. No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no I'm just but, kidding. Yeah, <laughs> but, around here. but um, I think you just have to look at what a school like Gonzaga and Tennessee have to offer. But Tennessee is one of those more upcoming programs, yeah. and then Gonzaga over the past few years has gotten guys to the league like Zach Collins, and there's just been a long list of guys, and I think that continues because they have a star-studded class coming in for 2019 but you just have to look at what each school has to offer and if it's and if you get rid of the blue bloods for a second you have to look you got Gonzaga who's producing pros and they're in an area that loves college basketball I mean I talk to guys who go there now who say can't walk around campus without without getting stopped and then Tennessee up-and-coming program Josiah James and they got they got five stars for 2020 already I mean that's an up-and-coming program and the guy like Paolo can continue that type of upcoming rise yeah you want to call it yeah i mean it, it will be very interesting to see where you know where his head is and and you know how these visits go and kind of to see what you know a- after the visits kind of see what he was going into these these trips looking for and i think that's that's going to be the next step for him is just kind of um figuring that out and travis you i don't know if i answered your very f- the first question you have i don't even remember what that was what would oh, you ask if you're if him talking about not going to Washington, would you compare that to Kate Cunningham talking about uh, not going to Oklahoma State? Now, and see, with Cade, what else is he going to say at that point? I mean, he's, yeah. you know, the, the, he as as many ties as Paolo has to Washington. It's it's not like he has somebody at Washington right this second that is actively recruiting him there. Yes, he has you know strong ties with with the coaching staff, and he likes you know he likes him a lot and all that, but. You know, Cade has his brother there. I mean, this is this is a. I mean, 
he's not going to, you know, he's out of respect to all these other big-name schools and the, and the coaches that are, that are still recruiting him. He's not going to say, sorry, guys, sorry about your luck. You know, I know Evan Mobley decided recently that he was going to cut all the BS and just go and go to USC. But, you know, I think he, I, I think he just kind of understands that uh, he is uh, a top three, top four player in the country, and, and he wants to at least – Play the play this uh, process through because he does have family ties or not just you know relationship ties backing up before Oklahoma State hired his his brother. So um, it, I, I do think the situations are different, but it would not be surprising if if at the very end of the day they both end up at the schools that people expected them to. Um, you know, moving on from those guys, uh, another bit of fairly significant news that came out of kind of left field on Monday is the fact that 2025 star forward Isaiah Jackson has set up an official visit uh, for Kentucky this weekend. I mean, he, he will be on campus this weekend. Um, he's a six foot nine kid, 190 pounds out of Waterford, Michigan, super athletic, elite shot blocker, very high energy guy. Uh, what, do you, what do you guys like about his game in particular? From a Kentucky comparison aspect, he reminds me of a more skilled Marcus Lee. Like, oh, very interesting. Um, pogo stick, like quick, quick second jump, um, still rail thin, but not very skilled on the offensive end. So he's a he's going to be a multi-year guy in my opinion. Jake, what do you think about him? I agree with that. Um, offensively, yeah, I mean he's got his athleticism. I mean he doesn't really have much more to offer offensively but defensively I think he's one of the best rim protectors in the country and this se this past season at Spire I mean they're gonna have the best competition but he was averaging almost a triple double and part of that triple double was blocks and his defense is something that I'd want in my system and he's just an elite rim protector but the offense and his strength is an area where he can improve. Um, people may misinterpret what I said about a Marcus Lee comparison because Marcus Lee wasn't the greatest college player. But people don't realize if he could block shots like he did in high school in college, how great of a player he would have been. Um, he had the worst timing I've ever seen on <laughs> shot blocking in my <laughs> which life. Is, which is so fascinating because he had 21 Division One offers for volleyball. Yeah. You know, when, when you are an elite volleyball player like that, you think timing is your – is your strong suit. So, yeah, the, yeah, keep going. But, yeah, if Jackson, if he, if he's Marcus Lee with shot blocking ability, you're looking at a three-, four-year guy that will be a pretty strong um, pretty strong contributor by the end of his career. Okay. Um, in terms of his visits, he scheduled an official to, to Kentucky. Um, at the time of this taping, it was the only – uh, or the start of this taping, rather, it was the only official that he had scheduled. Pretty, pretty significant news. Um, and then, as we are recording, luckily, it did not happen. After we were done, like last time, he actually has scheduled another to uh, Alabama, and he's also working um, on another trip to Syracuse um, you know, via Evan Daniels. So, um, what do you, what do you guys think of the timing of of this Kentucky visit and the fact that it was his first? I mean, I I think that's pretty significant. Um, this the interest with him came not not even out of nowhere. It kind of started in the summer, and in talking to people close to him, they do expect an offer this weekend, and they're really intrigued by the UK offer. But a school like Alabama, who recently offered him, it seems like these schools that are getting involved are they're more recent. Alabama offered about two two three weeks ago. And it's just the timing is really – it's not odd, but there was a point where he was a Michigan State lean. So I'd like to see what happens with Michigan State. But the, all the, the timing is really odd. Yeah, and as of right now, he has a 100% crystal ball to Michigan State right now. Is there any, like, lasting buzz to that? Is that – I mean, is, is that – significant at all or, or he was former teammates former AAU teammates with Rocket Watts who's going to be a freshman there this year so yeah and then they played high school ball together but I think that's cooled off that cooled off probably towards the end of the high school season once AAU started um even college coaches that I've talked to earlier in the high school season thought that he was a Michigan State lock and why even go after him but that's why I think the 
the timing is odd, but it also makes sense because he was once a Michigan State lean to a point where college coaches didn't even know if they should continue to recruit him that hard. But but I would, I'm really interested to see where Michigan State goes in this. You just said Alabama just got a visit, and then Syracuse. And Syracuse, then, yep. And then Kentucky's getting the first one. So I'd like to see what happens with Michigan State there. I also read somewhere, I think, that he is best friends with a with a Kentucky football commit. Who is that? Oh, that is uh, that is uh, wide receiver Ernest Sanders. That's right. About that's that. right. Yeah. So that, you know, is, is – Ernest played AAU ball with him. Ernest is a good basketball player. Um, so that's that's one tie he has to the school. Is Ernest visiting this weekend by chance? Is that a – I mean, he may, <laughs> he may be taking unofficial. And, and, you know, maybe they're taking the trip together and, and maybe that's the – timing of it with this being Kentucky's first football game who knows but um, yes that's very very interesting and in terms of uh, a recruiting timetable is it, it I've heard like November is the kind of consensus right now when, when he's yeah. planning on making a decision is that the is is that the updated news yeah I've heard uh, fall and then David Sisk from Cats Illustrated has also been here in the fall more specifically November so very interesting. Everybody's right in line with that. <laughs> um, so moving on from Jackson, uh, last week we talked about the emergence of Bardstown's J.J. Trainer. Uh, Evan Daniels actually said that he was the breakout player of the summer, said he you know, had him unranked, and he barely even had a recruiting profile at that point and moved him all the way up to number 76 in the country. Um, you know, we talked, we talked to his high school coach last week, um, you know, said that he, you know, he's six foot eight, 178 pounds right now goals to get him up to 190 pounds, uh, currently has offers from, you know, his first one came from Georgetown, followed up with WKU Murray state, then Cincinnati. And then he now has visits scheduled to Kentucky and Louisville. Um, his coaches think he could end up being a top 40 recruit by this time. It's all over. Um, you know they they kind of see him as a as a big project guy, but he has an incredibly high ceiling. Um, he is they kind of have high expectations for him, but understand it's it's more of a marathon, not a sprint. Um, but that being said, our very own Travis Graff actually had a little bit of scoop that he wanted to share about uh, new new development on trainer and uh, his game that we learned this week. Yeah, I talked to a couple sources. One that was playing and one that was in attendance. They played pickup the other day in Louisville. Well, not pickup. It was like high-intensity games. He said that he was arguably the best player on the court, and I asked who he was playing against, and he said former pros and former pros, Ray John Rondo, Quint Snyder, Keelan Martin, Ray Spalding, Dante Smith, and there were also guys from the G League and, and overseas. And he was holding his own and then some, apparently, against all the – Ray Spalding was a good college player, and he's in the NBA now. Of course. I mean, and, and, you know, we're talking about a guy that everybody considers to be a major project, but at the same time, his head coach, Boo Brewer, who I, I reached out to him, him today, and, and he said, true story, yes, he's been playing with pro players most of the summer. Uh, it's only been closed and invite runs, but he has been definitely holding his own. Yeah, it was, it was, a, private, it was a private workout that they were at the other day. But – you know, for a guy that most people expect to be a major project player to, you know, the fact that he's even holding his own on a court with Rajon Rondo, who's an NBA champion and, and, you know, former defensive player of the year. And, you know, just, I mean, to have an impact on the court with all those guys as a, as a, you know, rising senior. I mean, that's, that, that's At pretty, that weight too. Yeah. I mean, 178 pounds. I mean, that's, that's very, very significant news. Um, you know, and, and good for him. I mean, Boo Brewer kind of told us last week that he, you know, something clicked for him over the last several weeks or, you know, or, you know, going into the summer just kind of said that he was, you know, his, he wasn't, you know, lackadaisical or, or you know, lazy or anything like that, but just kind of said that nothing had, it, it hadn't clicked for him at that point and something for whatever reason, um, he kind of realized what his potential was and kind of said, all right, screw it. I'm going to go all in and, and be the player that I know I can be. And, Boom, he's a top 100 player in the class. Offers coming from Cincinnati. Visit scheduled to Big Blue Madness. You know, who knows if, you know, that'll translate to an offer or whatever. But his Georgetown offer, Georgetown, Kentucky offer, has now turned into high major interest from programs such as, you know, Kentucky, Louisville, uh, Michigan, you know, Missouri, stuff like that. So, um, yes, that is that is massive news and, and good for him for, you know, 
showing out like that and uh, it would be very nice for him to stay under the radar like that instead of uh, let some of the other big name blue bloods um, you know sniff around and, and figure out about him um, but you know after this news do you genuinely feel that um, you know this will turn out to to be a, you know that Kentucky will end up being a legitimate suitor and end up offering a scholarship and Louisville and some of those guys do you you know we always hear about these summer summer reports and all that. Do you think that you know has your has your tune changed at all on this? I don't think that this has changed the fact that he's going to be a project wherever he goes. No matter how well he's playing now, I still think he's going to be a project. Um, in terms of Kentucky, I think it's going to depend on how patient he is. If he really wants that offer, if he is really interested in Kentucky, I think he's going to have to be patient. Um, I don't think that offer would come until the spring, until they get a better feel for who's going to leave, who's going to stay. But if UKs want to take. Um, a project guy or two in this class. Cliff, he, Cliff yeah. Omarui, yeah, Lance Ware, you know. He'll be right there in the thick of things for that spot. <laughs> I mean, you got to factor in the fact that Nick Richards is gone, Nate Sestina is, Nate Sestina is gone, and E.J. Montgomery is certainly gone. So, you know, you're losing all three of your, your front court players. You're going to have to replace them with, you know, four. I mean, you, you got to – you're they're probably going to need to sign four big men. They might go the grad transfer route. They're obviously very high on Isaiah Todd. Who knows what's going to happen with McCurm Maker? You know, we're probably not going to dive into that too much on, on this podcast. But you know, something might happen with him, and then Cliff and you know Cliff Amarui, and then and Lance Ware. I think that this is a football comparison here, but I seriously think Trainer could be a Josh Allen type of recruit when it comes to basketball. You saw Josh as a freshman. You saw him as a senior. You saw the amount of weight that Keon Brooks put on since he's been here at Kentucky. If yeah. trainer's here three or four years, he's going to be a monster by the time he's a senior. And he's got he's got a good frame to put that weight on. So Yeah, I mean – No she, bad weight either. Uh, and, you know, Boo Brewer told us that he was, you know, hoping to be up to 190 by the time basketball season starts. And, in, in, you know, I think they said in November was the goal was, was for him to put on. So, I mean, he's, he's going from, you know, barely pushing 170 – to they think that he can get up to 190 in, in the span of just, you know, a couple of months. Who knows what Kentucky's weight staff is going to be able to do with him. Yeah, if, if he, you know, if he, if he lands at Kentucky, obviously. But, you know, this is this is a, a solid frame, you know, wide shoulders, um, you know, great height. You know, he, he, he has a frame to work with at least. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that Kentucky's strength and conditioning coaches could get him on a meal plan and get him up to – 210, 215, that's something you – that's a way you can work with yeah. as a freshman in a reserve role, so. Yeah, and I know, uh, Jake, you actually, you know, you went from last week barely knowing who <laughs> this kid is to breaking a little bit of scoop with him. What 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 news was that? Um, He does – well, he's supposed to take an official visit to DePaul on September 6th, but in going back and forth with him, it isn't fully confirmed yet, but that's the plan. That's where he's slated to be on September 6th. And I believe that's his first official visit, correct? Yes. And he was. Yeah, or yeah, because this next his, he's taking a second visit to Cincinnati, but I think that's both. Unofficial, I right? think both of them are unofficial. So that's, yes, this would be that's his tomorrow, isn't it? Yes. And then yeah. Louisville was yesterday, and he left with no offer. But um, to go back to what Travis said, like if he wants all this to work, I think he's gonna need to be patient. Like you guys said, he's just breaking out this summer. Like in, unless he was overlooked, he's just getting put on the map his senior year, high school around the senior year, and coaches are probably going to want to see more of what he can actually do after this emergence. So, I mean, if he's going to get offers, I think a majority of them will come in the spring, and I don't think he's going to want to settle for DePaul or Missouri or whatever the case is. I think he, with interest, high interest from Kentucky and a school like Louisville as well, I, I think you're going to want to be patient. Yeah, and in, and in if he has this mindset that the their coaching staff says that he has now, where he's just ready to take this year by you know you know take this thing seriously and and go forward with it. If you're gonna you know become the player that you think that, that you know reach that high ceiling that that people kind of have placed on you, why why set you know why put in all that work and and put on all this weight and develop all this skill and 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 go all in with this year. And then go okay, yeah, I'm gonna end up staying and, and going to Murray State. You know, I, I at this point I wouldn't. I I think he's gonna end up being at one of the high major schools, 
Um, and it would not shock me in the slightest if Kentucky ended up reaching out. I know he, they have a great relationship with Kenny Payne. Um, Kenny Payne's highly interested and is going to be watching him very closely in the coming months, um, and that will ultimately determine if, if he ends up being a legitimate uh, target for them. Um, but as of right now, I believe it will end up being that, it, that will end up being the case. Um, and with that, we are already out of time. Time just, time just flies when we're, we're having fun, obviously. Um, but before we wrap this up, uh, why don't you guys tell everyone where to find you guys on social media and where they can find your work? You can find my work on Cats Illustrated on the Rivals Network. You can follow my my personal podcast on Twitter at cat with a K scan pod, and you can follow me on Twitter at trav underscore graph. What about you, Jake? Um, I am the owner of StockRisers.com, and that's where you can find my work. I also do some Louisville stuff at CardinalSports.com, and my Twitter is at Jake Weingarten, and that's about it. And again, uh, if you are interested in, ho- in sponsoring this show, not hosting because that is our job, <laughs> uh, don't hesitate to reach out to me on Twitter at JackPilgrimKSR or via email JackPilgrim or JPilgrim rather at KentuckySportsRadio.com. We will be back next week for another jam-packed Source of Say podcast, and we will see you then. Yeah.